0: Hello my friends, it is the 23rd of July 2021, welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller, this is a pro wrestling show, and it's quite clear... And it's quite obvious what we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about Braun Strowman potentially going back to WWE. I am, of course, joking. But that is a thing reported today in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Apparently, Vince McMahon and WWE are now so terrified about anybody else joining All Elite Wrestling. They're like, man, who do we fire? Who do we let go? Get them on the phone and bring them back. And if it is true, I hope Braun Strowman demands $7 million and, I don't know, a big plate of meat or whatever the hell he wants. Because you don't do that to people. You don't mess them around. But, I mean, it's been a crazy few days. I think it broke on Wednesday. It must have been because it's Friday today. And in case you have been living under a rock, who's also about to return to the WWE, apparently they have secured the rock service for Survivor Series before doing a match at next year's WrestleMania. And the match, again, this is all speculation. Anything can change in a second. It could have changed just right now. But apparently this whole Uso-Roman Reigns thing does have an endpoint, which will be Roman Reigns and either Jay or Jimmy against The Rock and Jay and Jimmy, depending on which Uso they want to have good and depending on which Uso they have got bad. And I will say... If WWE does do that, fair play to them, because that is a tremendous piece of business to put together. It will feel, you know, absolutely epic, given that it will be a massively long-term story. And if you're wondering, you know, why isn't The Rock going to be in a singles match? Well, it's because of Hollywood. I'm sure any projects he does have going on is like, no, you can't go and wrestle a match when we have millions of dollars invested in you, which is what happened when he fought John Cena, I believe, for the second time. He was meant to go and film Hercules. He tore his adductor and his abductor, and he cost a movie studio millions of dollars. And when you do that, you're going to be in their bad books. And he's 10 times the movie star he was then. So it's still going to be a tag team match. Plus, my big thing with that, I don't want to get too derailed here, is I actually think it is better because it ties into the story that we're telling. And it and it, it would help an Uso too. And that, to me, ticks a lot of boxes. But yes, a couple of days ago, Sean Ross Sapp, he of Fightful.com, had the scoop that it sounds certainly sounds like CM Punk is going to All Elite Wrestling, AEW. And everybody went crazy going, oh, we've heard this before. You know, who knows what's going on? I can't handle it. Oh, I hate all this anticipation, which is crazy. Because whether CM Punk goes to AEW or doesn't go to AEW, I'm just enjoying the madness. I think speculation and rumors and murmurings are the greatest thing about professional wrestling. You just have to remember, don't set your own expectations too high. And don't get annoyed if your own expectations that you made up don't get realized. Like CM Punk hasn't said anything. Daniel Bryan hasn't said anything. AEW hasn't said anything. No one said Jack. So, we can't get mad at them if all of a sudden it doesn't happen. But there is no smoke without fire on a lot of these occasions. And right now we have a burning building. Um, I, you know, why CM Punk has decided to come back, I don't know. But if you go back and listen to a lot of the interviews he has done prior to this, he always, he never said that he'd be against going. But it was about finding the right kind of story, finding the right kind of opponent, and finding the right kind of company that would protect him. And I'm sure if you've been in the wrestling business for as long as these guys have, when you do hear about some random dude starting a brand new wrestling company to try and compete with WWE, you laugh it off. We all did it too. TNA slash Impact came closest, but they never really got close. So, you know, it's a story that I've heard, not only that we've heard, we've seen it tried and tried multiple times and it's failed. Whereas now here we are essentially two years down the line. AEW on Wednesday night pulled a terrific rating. It was like 1.19 million or whatever it was. You know, just keeps going up and up. And it feels like it's a hot company right now. It feels like there's a buzz. So if you are CM Punk and you are thinking about going back to wrestling and you are 42 years old and you think now is the time you want to do it with AEW, man, pull the trigger. So I think it makes all the sense in the world, but it doesn't matter where you go to, no matter what corner of the internet you go to, all the more reputable sources are saying that if he hasn't already signed a deal, he is definitely deep in talks. And of course, we are six weeks away from All Out, this pay-per-view that's going to be going down in Chicago. That's where Punk is from. We all remember 2011, Money in the Bank. And this is the main reason I want it to happen. Again, CM Punk is his own human being. He's his own individual. He should be able to make whatever choice he deems. And that should be fine. We shouldn't get mad if he decides not to come back to wrestling. But it would be a moment in time. Like it truly would. The reaction that he would get, it would still be a huge surprise. Because you wouldn't be able to believe it until you do see it with your own eyes. And then who's he going to feud with? You know, I mean, does he get involved with the Hangman and Page and Kenny Omega stuff? Is he getting with Cody Rhodes? Is there another thing we're not even thinking about right now? There are so many different options and there's so many guys instantly you want to see him work with. And this then ties into the debate. Oh, he hasn't wrestled in almost 10 years and he's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I don't care. Right. To me, wrestling is all about moments. And to me, wrestling is all about characters. And CM Punk has always been able to deliver that in spades. So let's say that he was the worst wrestler ever, right? He comes in September the 5th, whatever it is, and he's the worst wrestler ever for 12 months. One, he won't be. But two, just to get that debut and to get that reaction and then see everybody going crazy on social media, that's what makes wrestling so much fun. That's what makes wrestling so great. And it really does open the door for potentially new opportunities because... Lots of, did CM Punk cut that promo in 2011 and all of a sudden throw ratings through the ceiling? No, but neither did Stone Cold Steve Austin when he went, Austin 316. He <laughs> so that I just kicked your ass. But what it did do is that it lit something under a Laps fan base who kind of thought, well, this guy's cool, and this guy's exciting, and this guy's saying things I never thought we'd be able to say on WWE TV. And also, the things that he is coming out with is kind of how I felt about the product. So now I can relate to this guy, and if I can live through him, he can be a conduit to how I felt about WWF whenever I stop watching. This will be really entertaining. And that was the idea, but of course, WWE never really treated him as the top guy. Even though he had a title reign that went well over a year, There were many main events when John Cena was there and CM Punk was moved into second, which is, you know, certainly not unique to CM Punk. But if all of a sudden he does come back to AEW, you're going to have a bunch of people that are probably still, again, already sitting on the fence or just monitor what CM Punk does because he does have his own fan base who all of a sudden would jump across and watch All Elite Wrestling. And I suppose this is where Daniel Bryan comes into the mix, because again, all the madness about him as well is that apparently he's going to debut at the Ash Arthur Stadium in New York. That, by the way, AEW's has already sold sixteen thousand tickets for, so it is going to be the first, or the set or the biggest non WWE wrestling event in the US since WCW died or something like that. Some crazy, crazy numbers. And the reason I think those two tie into each other is because if a bunch of people come back for CM Punk and then three weeks later when that event is, they see Daniel Bryan, who I also think represents a lot of the things that CM Punk did right you know had that incredible win at Wrestlemania 30 he had to get willed into it by the fans because Vince McMahon was being stubborn and wasn't going to do it and before he got injured don't forget the plan was to have him wrecked by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam John Cena stepped in we know the story there but once again he was never ever treated as this is our super duper hero now he always got back into that position because we just love him right we just love him so much it's like this year's Wrestlemania so like, well, you gotta put Daniel Bryan in it and I suppose that's his his biggest strength it doesn't matter what WWE ever did with him. He remained in this heartwarming, lovable position where he would always find himself getting into good spots. But if you do attack with that one-two punch, I think not only do you get these laps fans back, not only do you give them a second injection, like I say, a few weeks later, but they're probably going to hang around. Now, I don't know how big that pool is. It could be a 1,000 people. It could be 100,000 people. It could be a million people. I very much doubt it. To me, it's probably between maybe a 200,000. But there is still something in that, because AEW's big thing at the moment is they're trying to grow, right? That's what they're trying to do. They've got their, admittedly, incredible fan base at the moment, but it's like, well, how do we get more people in? How do we get new fans in? How do we get casual fans in? And how do we get lapsed fans in? Now, it's always going to be hard to get new fans in, let's face it. Like, if I sat you right down to watch figure skating, and I left you in a room, and I told you nothing, you be like, I don't understand what's going on. It's the same with professional wrestling. But maybe, just maybe, if a friend of yours knows that CM Punk is coming back, and he starts watching again, and he starts, you know, Having this infection positivity that then washes over you, then sure, maybe that's the conduit for you to get in. And that's going to be a small number of people that way, like being almost like a second hand fandom. But it does happen. And I have seen it happen. I've seen people talk very enthusiastically about resting, and someone says, Well, I want to get involved in this. I want to be part of this conversation. And ipso facto, um, they do. But I think Daniel Bryan and CM Punk do bring extra people with them. I mean, the novelty wears off, but that would be the same for anybody. If Stone Cold Steve Austin popped up in AEW, after a while, it's just Stone Cold Steve Austin and AEW. You can't fight against that. It's how human brains work. However, if they do come in, they bring all these new eyes onto their wrestling, and then all of a sudden you see Jungle Boy, who AEW's been doing a terrific job with, or Sammy Guevara, or MGF, or Britt Baker, or whoever the hell you want. Like, I'm sure I've missed a ton of guys. And all of a sudden, you go, well, this is kind of like the wrestling I always wanted to see back in the day, but never did. Plus, I have the people that I deem to be stars CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan. I'm sure a lot of people of that ilk would recognize Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho and John Moxie. Oh my gosh, it's that Dean Ambrose guy. I think all of a sudden you are building up this new wall of supporters that will then... They may not tune in every week to Dynamite, but they'll certainly start following you. And that's where it starts. And yes, you can even make the argument or maybe they will start watching WWE again. They may do that. But this is why it's all about what you're presenting over a period of weeks and months and not these hot shot things. It's why bringing CM Punk and Daniel Bryan in will do amazing ratings for the following Dynamite. But if they just sat there eating an orange <laughs> for two hours and they do that for three weeks straight, on week number four... I don't want to tune in anymore. I don't want to see CM Punk eating an orange. That means nothing to me. That's not why I wanted him to come back to wrestling. So I really do think it could be somewhat of a ground shift. And I hope that it is. And the reason I hope that it is, is because I want AEW to do well. And I want WWE to do well. And I want Ring of Honor to do well. There was even a report out there that apparently Marty Skrull, I know he's absolutely a controversial figure now, but when he was heading up Ring of Honor, he reached out to CM Punk. Why that never went anywhere, I do not know. So it's not like he hasn't been in conversations. But I want everybody to do well, including WWE. I want a fire to be under everybody's ass, like I say. Because the more creative the product is overall, the better it is for us. And I know we like to talk about ratings and finances. Oh, I can't believe hired this guy, what's gonna happen that, but we don't need to, right? It doesn't mean it doesn't make any difference to our lives. The only thing that actually matters is when we sit down on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever the hell it's gonna be, we are sports entertained, to use a Vince McMahonism, right? As long as we walk away and we had a great time. It's like, sweet man, I love wrestling. And I think all the pieces that we have in place are only going to do that. And this isn't an AEW loving. I think AEW has been tremendous over the last few weeks. But SmackDown has been brilliant. Uh, Money in the Bank was tremendous. Raw is Raw. Raw is just a wacky three-hour wrestling show, which I enjoy potentially for the wrong reasons. But I do think, like I say, there's so many things in place right now that really, throughout now to the end of the year, I'm not saying we're going to get an Attitude Era boom before people think I am. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying an injection of something. And again, that does go for The Rock too. If The Rock is actually going to come back at Survivor Series to start teasing a program for Wrestlemania, and he does a couple of roars, and he does a couple of Smackdown, The Rock is number one, of course he is, The Rock is bigger than wrestling, The Rock is bigger than every single wrestling company there is, The Rock is basically the biggest movie star in the world, he is the most followed American man on Instagram, or oh, the most followed American I think, I could be wrong, I think Cristiano Ronaldo may have more followers than him, but he's in the top five, and he can charge a ridiculous amount of money if somebody wants to pimp some stuff through there. And he's not only, you know, to some of us, he's a wrestler. To some of us, he's an actor. To some of us, he's an influencer. To some of us, he's a fitness guy. He's a tequila maker. He's a Zoa maker, energy drinks, right? It just goes on and on and on and on. So, no matter where you put him, you're going to draw in. Like my mum. My mum knows who Dwayne Johnson is. And when I explain that's also The Rock, she's like, what? And she only knows The Rock because I was interesting. Otherwise, she'd have no clue. But you need all of these things going on at once to create a product that people want to watch and a product that people want to talk about. That's what Stone Cold Steve Austin and ironically The Rock did back in the late 90s. They made wrestling all of a sudden this thing that people would watch that beforehand would go and beat other people up for watching wrestling. And the reason I know that is because I was involved, not doing the beating up, but getting beaten up. Because I like, Millie likes wrestling, what a nerd, let's go kick him in the groin. But then Stone Cold Steve Austin especially had something that everybody thought was so cool, and he did transcend as well, and he entered the mainstream, when all of a sudden it's like, well, I want to watch wrestling now because I want to be a part of this buzz, I don't want to be left out. And then because, ironically, Daniel Bryan, the world is very fickle, all of a sudden they jumped on the wrestling train, which is why in 2001, when Steve Austin decided, I'm going to turn heel, all those people went away. Because that wasn't cool anymore. That wasn't the thing they wanted to see. They wanted the beer-swilling, boss-ass-kicking Texan. And when he was being, admittedly, a brilliant comedy bad guy... That's not why they tuned in. And they didn't have the love that we have for wrestling when it comes to five-star matches and promo skills and, oh, my God, i technical ability. They couldn't give two shivers about that. They don't care about that. They just wanted to see Stone Cold Steve Austin stun a bunch of people. Hence why, when they did do the tease uh, before the invasion, that he was going to go back to Team WWF, and you have JR going, oh, Stone Cold, oh, he's walking, He's talking. It got this massive reaction. And it's probably why the invasion pay-per-view did so well, because word went around, oh he's back, he's back, he's back. So I think this is great. I think this is awesome. If it doesn't happen, I will be disappointed in the sense that again, I want those moments and I want to enjoy them. But I'm not gonna be upset. I'm not gonna start throwing hate out there. These are two people, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, who have busted their ass for years and they deserve to be in this kind of position where they can call the shots, hopefully get a massive payday, and I'm going to assume have large creative control over their characters. Because, again, they've earned it. They have. Like, you go through the... I mean, they, they especially have had hard grinds to the top. Like, I'm not saying that the likes of John Cena, Batista, or Brock Lesnar... Of course, they worked, you know, ridiculous as well. But they were tailor-made in the WWE image. They were always going to be put on some sort of a ship. Whereas CM Punk basically had to break the entire mold. He had to smash people over the head figuratively to get into WWE. And it was the same for Daniel Bryan. I mean, Daniel Bryan got fired like three times or something ridiculous from uh, from WWE because... Well, he was small, that was it, he's too small, even though he's, I mean, I do genuinely think he's one of the best wrestlers ever. There are few people in the history of the business that have been able to tell stories within a ring as good as he has, and he just has this lovable personality, and again, Punk just brings something so real and ironically so edgy, uh, you know, to the proceedings. These are These are two top-tier talents, and that's why I want them to come back, but they also deserve the right and have earned the right to do whatever the hell they want to do. Like, I hate it when uh, all this broke and you see people on the internet go, they don't come back now, I'm going to be so mad and I'll hate them forever. I'm like, what are you doing? Imagine someone said that to you. Imagine someone rang you up. You're a financer. I don't know what that is. But somebody rings you up. You've been out of the financing game for 10 years, but my word, you're a good financer. And then this new finance company rings you up and go, man, we're going to pay you millions of dollars if you come in and finance for us. And you put the phone down, oh, maybe I should do it. Maybe I shouldn't do it. The finance community's like, oh, man, I hope this amazing financer comes back. And then ultimately you go, you know what? I've decided not to. And you ring up and you talk to the person you say, look, I'm respectfully going to decline and there's nothing but love. And then some prick on the internet goes, well, you piece of... Cr-. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Human beings. Are allowed to make their own choices which is another not a tangent now which is another reason you shouldn't go after the people that report this stuff they know it to be true and that's how journalism works as long as they are a um uh, what's the word i'm like integral journalist and they are believing that, well, not only believing the source they do have, but also going to get a second source, that is really important, that of course they're allowed to run these stories, even if it turns out that it never happens because something changed. Doesn't mean they're lying, doesn't mean they made it up for clicks. I'm not saying some articles and websites don't do that, but you should be able to learn, right? Some people post such ridiculous stories, yet people still keep going back to them. It's the ones that have a track record. It's the ones that clearly are trying to be super good professional wrestling journalists. I sometimes think there's a little bit of immaturity when it comes to the media and wrestling. It's like, oh, you just wrote it up for clicks. It's like, did he, though? Go look at his Twitter account. Go look at his website. He's clearly got inside knowledge, and he's just trying to build a career off it. And that's fine. You're allowed to do it. It's the morons, you know who I'm talking about if you're into this game, who just make stuff up and are giant assholes. But I'm very, I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be awesome. I hope the Braun Strowman news is true as well, because I... I like Braun Strowman I didn't like his comments he made about the independent circuit but I thought he was tailor-made for WWE and back in 2016 I thought he was one of the most um sort of fun performers that they have so I hope he does I hope he does go back there and I, I don't know what's gonna happen with contract wise I don't know whether he gets a no-cut deal that some of the top guys do I have no idea but I do think it would still I mean not as much buzz as the rest of the people that we're talking about but I do think it would get people talking I do think it would get a few people to uh, to tune in, to tune into, but uh, overall, I think it's been, you know, a brilliant, a brilliant week for wrestling. Like in the in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter today as well, apparently. The, the the tickets for all out just went crazy <laughs> when this cm punk uh cm punk thing came out apparently they shot up in price i think it was like 18 oh sorry i can't remember i read it this morning but something like 18 percent across the board that just made me laugh i was like this is great wrestling fans you just buy in and i count myself among that as well it's like, oh my gosh oh my gosh so <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh i suppose the really interesting thing is you know does it boost dynamite to the point they'd be able to touch raw be it in male demographics or overall demographics or overall ratings because that would be a story in itself of course it would a brand new company still brand new not even two years old being able to touch one that's been in business forever usa is going to be mad um what do you call it uh fox are going to be mad i'm not mad but like what, what's going on here but that's why i'm hoping that it can, again, you know, boost up WWE. Let them go even further in front. Then, hey, can we catch them up? Maybe then like let's do WCW, WWE again. It was the best time in wrestling because you had so much content to watch. And the best thing about this one is they don't compete directly. You can watch them on different days. Not that it would make a difference because we have streaming and DVRs. I mean, it's a shame about NXT. I really do think this whole thing is leaving NXT in the dust, which isn't NXT's fault. It's everything that's going on you know, apparently Vincent McMahon is so mad at NXT for one reason or another, I suppose because they didn't do their job of stopping AEW, that's why Karrion Cross was treated so ridiculously, and while I never ever, you know, sit on those things for too long, it has soured what should be the best match of the year, at least one of the best matches of the year, because Samoa Joe is returning, uh, you know, it's out there now in the ether, when we do the takeover show in the SummerSlam weekend for NXT, it's going to be Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe for the belt, the belt, the NXT title. I think Samoa Joe will win because obviously Karrion Cross is going to go to the main roster. And it has been sullied for me because Jeff Hardy beat him in two minutes. He's lost a little bit of that luster, which is doubly shameful because again, Samoa Joe returned to the ring, which we didn't, uh, how did that happen? It didn't look like that was going to be the case on a purely selfish level. I'm now devastated. He's not going to AEW as well. Just for the rate, just for the rage and the breakdown on the internet, <laughs> I think that would be, I think that would be absolutely tremendous. And just you know, throwing more into this pot, loads of people are saying that WWE apparently is convinced that CM Punk is going to AEW, hence the Braun Strowman story and everything else that we've already talked about. I mean, who even knows? I don't even know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this has been. Deliberately leaked by somebody because that's just smart. Like remember when I think it was either the big show or Christian debuted. And there was this rumor that apparently, and I don't think this was that exact I don't think it was exactly like people thought it was. But apparently TNT were like, oh no, we don't want to do surprises like that. We want to make sure that we get a good rating. So what's a happy medium between the two? You get the information out there. Without getting the information out there, you send everybody crazy. It's a really good way to do it. I like being, I like having the anticipation. I like being this excited. And of course, if you get the moment, it's even better. But yeah, would it wouldn't surprise me if it's actually being deliberately thrown out there? Video game companies do it all the time. If you ever see sort of a big leak for a big game and you think, "How did that happen?" They've probably done it on purpose. Sometimes to even gauge reaction in case they want to, uh, in case they want to change, uh, change their minds. So, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on right now. And if it all does come together, my word, are we going to have a good time? And again, the Dynamite on Wednesday. I mean, actually, I should say that. Not only did we have Thunder Rosa signing with AEW as well, which I thought was tremendous. But yeah, the AEW on Wednesday, to me, I think in hindsight, I think maybe I enjoyed it a little bit too much. Maybe in hindsight, we could have got it down for all the, the outside interference. It was a little bit too much. But I try and balance it out because I never criticized WWE until four years in. And I actually, Surprise, surprise, I'm trying to be balanced. People think I'm trying to be biased. I'm actually trying to be balanced, but no one ever believe me. And also, I'm not going to lie, I don't actually care whatever you do. <laughs> you do what you want to do. But I love the labors of Jericho. That feels like a really old school storyline to me. And Nick Gage coming in like the end of level boss. The best response I saw to that was someone goes, no casual fan knows who Nick Gage is. Someone goes, well, I don't care. I know who he is. And it was great. I was like, yes, that guy gets it. He's going to be my new favorite person. Uh, I don't know where this ends. I think Suzuki or someone's got to come in. I think there's got to be a New Japan element to it. If you've got five to go, someone that's really going to intimidate Jericho, then you could argue, do you want Suzuki to lose to Jericho? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's the maybe that's the twist. I mean, the Frankie Kazarian versus Luke Gallows match was fine. You know, it was nothing bad about it, but I think it's probably going to tie into Frankie Kazarian getting the new partner to take on the Good Brothers, so I would enjoy that. All the build to Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, to me, is tremendous It's an all-out main event that I think will probably feel like the biggest main event that AEW has ever had, which is nothing wrong with that. Wheeler Uter continues to become my favorite professional wrestler of the current times, basically because of his name and because he's really good. Actually, we should probably talk about this as well, because obviously he had a match with Darby Allen, That was all well and good. Darby Allen wins as he was always going to. But of course, I'm going to presume this was put together so that Sting could do the kicking spot or the, the, the orange Cassidy uh nonchalant i don't know whatever you want to call it like i can't be asked to wrestle but i'm going to do it anyway and it was like i can't believe they've made sting do this made like sting made so stupid i can't believe sting done this blah 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 i thought it was great it made me like sting even more when you do have a legend that can call his shots no one's going to tell sting what to do but he gets it he understands it he can see that the fans love it and he knows it's going to get a big reaction i thought it was tremendous fun and it, it, was just, it just made again, it made me like Steve Borden, the human being, twice as much. Because I just think he gets it. I just think he understands wrestling. And there's something in that. So that may have been the highlight of the night, including the main event, which was flipping nuts. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Brett Baker. Again, decent match. It was fine. Some people, oh, just absolute rubbish. It was, a, it was a little bit slow starting. And maybe they took a while before they clicked. But the last five minutes, yeah, you know, top stuff all around. Uh, the Santana Ortiz versus FTR match, I'm really looking forward towards uh Chavo Guerrero being the new manager of Andrade look I know they got a lot of surprises but I like surprises when in your life like oh here's a surprise gift oh no I had a surprise gift yesterday no give me the surprises Orange Cassidy versus the blade again ties into this weird where well, I don't really get where it came from I don't really get the feud but the fans love Orange Cassidy so much, you know, kind of the point where really he talked upon. I'm like, okay, that's what a wrestling show is meant to do. It's meant to entertain you. And the fans are entertained. I'm entertained. Chris Jericho then lost his damn right mind. He's going back to the pain maker because he knows that's what Nick Gage need to do. But I thought he delivered that well as well. It got fight exciting. And the main event between um, John Maxley and Lance Archer I was for the IWGP US title. I thought it achieved so much. A, it was just another crazy wild brawl that AEW seems to do so well. But also now I'm convinced that, you know, underdogs or people I don't expect to win could win. And that's such an important element to have in your wrestling. You know, too many times it's so obvious where a story is going. And you need that obvious as well. It's obvious because it makes sense and it's the right thing to do. But you always need to have this thing floating around where you could be surprised. Because that way, even when you do sit down to watch, let's come up with something ridiculous, The Rock versus the, the Hurricane, which was another time that it did happen, if that was outside interference, but it just puts that little thing in your head, oh, maybe it's not going to go the way I think it's going to go. And that's, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's it's what all good wrestling companies need. And then we you know, we tease this New Japan thing at the end with Hikaleo, who I think is the son of Haku, which terrifies me. And if you watch Impact Wrestling as well, I do think we're also building, which could be another huge surprise, to some kind of multi-company event. Which I presume, given what we know, would be New Japan, Impact, AEW, NWA, and maybe AAA and somebody else like that as well. I do not know. Maybe Stardom. I have no idea. And that really, really would get people talking too. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure things like Ring of Honor as well, I'm sure would get involved. I don't know if things like that have happened before. I mean, of course, I'm talking about things like that have happened before, but maybe not to the magnitude that we could be heading towards here. I just, think it, I just think it creates great professional wrestling content to the point that maybe WWE wants to give Stone Cold Steve Austin a call. That's what you should do for next year's WrestleMania. <laughs> should do the rock and stone cold steve austin versus the usos and roman reigns that's the match you should do that's the match that would get everybody talking man wouldn't that be absolutely hilarious you get steve that would probably trump them all as well if you somehow got steve austin out of um out of retirement and put him in a match that would do it and john cena's going to draw those numbers too like we've already seen that people want to see him so I think we're on, uh, I think we're on for, a, for a nice back and forth, and I'm very excited about professional wrestling. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen on SmackDown later. What is the SmackDown preview? I haven't actually looked. Usually I look on a Friday, but it's just been one of those days. Of course, John Cena to confront Roman Reigns, so that will feel huge. Very unfortunately, we are doing a rematch, Bianca Ver- Belair versus Carmella for the women's title. I don't know why we do it, but we are. We're also doing Big E versus Apollo Crews, although that's a bit different because this is the SmackDown that's um, simul-cursed from the Rolling Loud Festival, I believe it's called, and I think Apollo Crews and Big E are doing it there, so that does get a bit of a free pass because it's so different, and you know they'll put on a good match. So that's actually quite smart booking, even though, really, it should be smart booking without the fact they've done it a thousand times, and Tony Storm debuts, so look, on paper, that's a really good SmackDown. There's a lot of good stuff to, to, you know, to be put in there. Hopefully, find out who Bianca Belair's next challenger will be. Sasha Banks is going to come back soon as well. I think we're living in a great time of professional wrestling, which is why I wanted to. Make- make this kind of mini podcast now i just wanted to talk about it as much as i could and get it out there so we can move on uh, to something else well we'll move on to the next show as we do next week but thank you for joining me again for this bite-sized edition of simon is pro wrestling show you can support the show at patreon.com for simon 316 i'm on instagram and twitter simon 316 go to youtube channel simon miller appreciate the subscribe simon.bigcartel.com for merchandise and i think that is everything But just to say thank you to you for listening, for subscribing, give me a five-star rating and all of that. And thank you to all my patrons who do make this possible. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you again soon.